week since the fun. And we still active ed. Gorgeous. Funk music covers a wide spectrum, from middle of the road to top 40, even the songs most of us can relate to. I don't sit down to write a punk song, I sit down to write a song. I sit down to write lyrics, I sit down to write what I feel. Like, one day I sat down and wrote about junk mail, because I get 30 letters a week of just stuff that I don't need in the mail.
Go 
guys actually had some talent, you'd get somewhere. I'm not alive and I'm walking carelessly Try to spread 
What's up, guys? I'm here with Eric Valdez, the uh, owner or creator of the uh, Instagram and actual blog, No Snappers, uh, which highlights the uh, San Gabriel Valley punk scene from the 90s and beyond. What's up, Eric? How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So, yeah, um, I wanted to actually what I've been doing is I want to start inviting more people to host some of the episodes to, uh, you know, get some music in there that people have never actually heard about or demos and stuff and I, I happened to run by your blog uh i heard one of the bands that i played in the last episode actually thanks for helping me grab that demo it was from uh the goons i believe yeah but yeah you helped me get the uh the goons and uh, a pretty rad band from the 90s uh did you know those guys personally um i you know i think we, we kind of ran in similar circles or you know but there were a couple of occasions that, uh, that the band that I was in stayed with them. Um, but uh, back then, I was like, really, really way more socially awkward than I am now. So uh, I just stuck to like the guy that's in my band um, when I went to gigs and whatever. So I don't think I... Uh, you know, I may, I may have like run into them or whatever, but uh, at the time, no, I don't think I actually even really knew them. I knew of them. Oh, cool. And as far as punk, so, uh, I mean, tell me a little about yourself. How did you get into it? Uh, at what age? And how has it been so far? Um, you know, I don't really remember when I first kind of heard, I guess, my first punk song. Um, I mean, I started getting into, I guess, kind of heavier music um, right around Nirvana, kind of the grunge era. That's what kind of got me, I guess, more used to just hearing stuff that wouldn't that I wouldn't typically hear on, like, um, you know, the top 40 stations or whatever. And uh, then also, um, in the in the early early to mid-90s, uh, my, my aunt at the time, her boyfriend, um, I really, I remember in car, on car rides and stuff, um, him playing really great, uh, well, playing uh, K-Rock on, on, like, certain holiday weekends, they would have uh, flashback weekends. And so they would just play... Um, this was like in the, in the 90s, like early mid 90s. So they would play uh, stuff from before then, stuff from the late new wave stuff from the late 70s and 80s, and uh, you know they would throw in some post punk and uh, and punk. And that's probably maybe the first time I heard um, uh, Dead Kennedys. The first time I heard Holiday in Cambodia. So I was already kind of, um, I guess that had kind of prepped me for uh, Nirvana, and then after that. Um, Green Day came out and you know same time as that well not they didn't come out but like uh, Dookie came out and then so did um, Let's Go by Rancid and uh, Smash by The Offspring uh, that hit me at the right time and so I got into that stuff and I was like I was 94 I was uh, I was in 8th grade so I was you know ready for for stuff like that and uh so then, like by by the time that summer that following summer hit, I was uh, already getting into Operation Ivy and had gone to my my uh, first uh, first punk concert, which was some like crazy punk festival at the uh, Blockbuster Pavilion, which ended up um, 
there was just like riots and stuff throughout the whole thing. And uh, that's kind of how I fell in love with punk rock. And I, I got into a got into a band uh, like my freshman year in high school, and uh, that had been going off and on for for a while. Um, so it's, it's punk has, has been a pretty pretty uh, consistent thing in my life. Cool. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Green Day and Rancid and, you know, that whole explosion that happened in the 90s. I don't know where you were at, how it was, but like down here in San Fernando, because I actually live in San Fernando. You know, there's a San Fernando Valley that, and everyone thinks about like, oh, it's like this huge place. And there is, but then there's an actual city called San Fernando, yeah, which yeah. is like a little two mile radius next to Pacoima Mission Hills. But uh, back then when all of that happened too, there was hardly any punk rockers out here like none like it was mostly metal heads more metal heads grindcore you know black metal and stuff like that but as far as people into punk it was like me two other guys and then there was a bunch of other kids but they were kind of you know like the k-rock and mtv posers that didn't really know much about the bands and didn't really follow much just you know wore the style was it like that uh-huh. out there as well no it was um um from, okay, so let's see. The I, I first got into the punk scene uh, when I was when I was in high school, but um, I went to uh, to Don Bosco, a, a Catholic all boys school in uh, in Rosemead, and um, my friends that had that I had gone to public school with, uh, they had gone to gone out to high school and, and kind of uh, discovered this uh, this punk scene that was already been going on. Like there, there's been uh, a backyard scene in in San Gabriel Valley for uh, you know since since the eight, you know very early eighties and uh, that had been been going on and um, then when I was finally able to to go to one of these gigs um, but even uh, e- even the, the people that some of the some of the students where I was going to school they even knew about the stuff and were in bands and like it was uh, it was just out there to be discovered. Um, and it was kind of, I guess, made more mainstream by the uh, um, all the stuff that was coming out uh, on K Rock in um, in '94 or '95. But uh, you know, that stuff was, was already there. So as far as like the mainstream stuff, it, it kind of started it. But how did you uh, like delve deeper into like uh, you know like all the local bands or um, you know bands that we hear? you know, from the East Bay and all of that, how, like, how did you discover those bands? Well, um, I guess I, I, I had a friend, uh, uh this girl named Julia, who was like, who was, a um, I had met her in eighth grade and, uh, she was a, a riot girl and like was, was tipping me to all this really rad stuff that I didn't know about before. But, um, I guess when I, um, when I got, got, got done playing my, Lancet CD over and over again, and my community CD over and over again, and uh, um, Offspring over and over again. I, I wanted uh, to find some other stuff. So uh, my friend Julia had Julia had told me about um, Operation Ivy. She's like, "Hey, these two dudes from Rancid were in another band. If you like them, you like Operation Ivy." And then that was, uh, I guess, my first kind of more underground, my my first exposure to some more underground punk rock, and. Um, so then I found out about them, and then, uh, you know, then I was also was also I guess aware of uh, Green Day's um, um, other, other their first two albums on Lookout, and um, 
So I don't know. I, I guess I just wanted more stuff to find, and then, or stuff, I wanted to find more stuff to listen to. And then when I discovered that there was a, a local punk scene with with you know kids that were very close to, to my age being in bands, and I had always wanted to be in a band, it uh, I don't know. It, it all just kind of worked out. So jumping ahead, after all this time, you know we're all old now. How did uh, No Snapper start? In the I guess mid two thousands when mp3 blogs were happening um i decided to, to start one because i still had a bunch of cds and uh, uh demo tapes from from bands that i had um from bands that i had been in a, been a fan of in the uh local san Gabriel valley scene and so i started a blog that was focused on uh just bands that were around in the in the era that i was most active in it like so that was 95, no, uh, no, 96 through uh, 2003. And um, so, because that's, that's pretty much all I had at the time. And uh, so I, you know, I put up a blog and friends of mine that were in the scene you know, back then really responded to it. They really dug it. But, you know, after a while I posted all, all that I had. And then I kind of just, you know, Got bored with it, left it alone because I didn't really have much else to much else to do. And um, fast forward to I don't know how many years later, I'm at the uh, the Vincent Price Art Museum at uh, at ELAC, and I'm checking out the uh, the Map Point exhibit. And um, you know, I decided that I should kind of follow a similar model. I mean, of course you. Instagram to um, as a as a platform for for uh, posting all this stuff, all these pictures and flyers and uh, music and whatever. Um, but uh, I don't know. See if I could uh, if I could put my my own take on it and kind of make it a little something a little different. Um, and then you know, obviously, I wanted to at first focus on the San Gabriel Valley scene from the. Uh, the, the period where I was, you know, most involved with it, then I discovered that there was, you know, a lot. There was a lot that had been going on there from kind of the the very beginning of punk rock in Southern California. So I just decided to kind of, I guess, broaden the the scope of, of what I was going to be covering with it. And as far as the name, I mean, no snappers. That's kind of a. Uh, I mean, if you live here in the area of Southern California, I don't know about other places, but here. If you, if you grew up in a Latino neighborhood into punk or, you know, with tagger friends or gangs, uh, I mean, you pretty much know what that name means. But for people that don't don't know what no snappers mean, what how would you uh, explain it to them? OK, so um, I guess some, like the a snapper is someone who, um, you know, in an instant, like at the snap of a finger, I guess that's you know, where it comes from, uh, changes and changes and all of a sudden just like. It's really, uh, it's really aggressive. Um, you know, the type of people that would um, you know, start shit at a party when things are going uh, going good one minute. You know, it's like you know someone could end up getting bumped or something like that, spill their beer on, themse- on themselves, and all of a sudden they you know have to start shit at a gig or something like that. That's and, and that's kind of the uh, context in which I. I mean, I, I'm sure I had heard that term before, but. I would see it in that context on on flyers for gigs, um, because there was just uh, it w- it wasn't uncommon to see stuff like uh, you know um, 
uh, no jocks, no snappers, um, written on the flyer, kind of not, uh, you know, a- along with the, the date and time and, you know, whether or not it was going to be BYOB or something like that. Oh, so snapper, really, it's just an asshole. Someone that can be, that can go from being relatively chill one minute to just, you know, flying off the handle and, and being a problem, being a, a real piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, what have you, did you have like any goals when you started the blog or anything you still need to accomplish with the blog and the Instagram? Um, when I, when I started, I kind of started as just more of a, an art project to just, uh, I don't know, see what it could evolve into. And, uh, um, for a while before the, uh, the age of COVID that we're in now, um, I had plans with, uh, with some friends to um, to put on a an exhibit of uh, of flyers from you know as far back as we could go up until you know, the I guess mid two thousands where you know kind of flyers really like print printed flyers kind of dried up because it was all just you know MySpace and MySpace and Facebook after that but um, so that was going to happen at a um, uh, somewhere in, in the San Gabriel Valley, but you know now because of uh, of COVID, that's that's not happening. So that was kind of uh, that was something that that I was working towards. Um, and also, I wanted to to put on uh, you know some some shows. Uh, this this one event that was in the, in the planning stages, the there was going to be uh, an after party, and you know, that was going to be uh, some. You know, SGV bands from you know a couple of eras playing that's not happening uh so the only thing that i'm working on right now in terms of like what else no snappers can can become is uh you know i'm, I'm uh in the kind of uh, like stage in the in the early stages of uh putting out some zines um i've uh, just really all i gotta do now is kind of just print them out and put them together but uh so that's that's kind of the next step for uh for no snappers is kind of just you know, putting it in print so there's I guess a, a tangible version of it instead of it instead of just being something that's uh, solely uh, digital. So I guess I had kind of wanted to be its own I guess, multimedia thing, um, but of course you know keep the uh, the archival thing on Instagram the the main focus of it. And as far as like the demos that you get. I'm assuming most of them were ones that you had acquired already personally. A, a lot of them were, and um, my uh, uh, very good friend of mine and uh, the uh, the bassist in, in uh, the band that I've been in off and on since I was uh, 14 or 15, he held on to a whole bunch of stuff. He's kind of the uh, uh, the archivist that I go to if I don't know something. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was. A lot of it was, was his stuff, so uh, shout out to Whitey. Cool, cool. Shout out to Whitey. SGV legend. There you go. What what bands has he played in? He's played in, uh, so the, uh, his first band was uh, was a band that uh, I'm also in, uh, LDS. And uh, see, he's played in The Nipples. He's filled in for uh, for Crud and Crud, maybe. Uh, running Late. Um he was in this band called Selfish. Uh, he was in a uh, for for a long while in uh, in this rad surf band from uh, San Gabriel called the uh, Volcanics. 
And he also did a stint uh, in uh, DFL, which was really rad because um, we uh, we covered a, a handful of songs, a uh, handful of DFL songs when we were kids. So uh, to kind of see things go full circle and have have him be uh, uh, have him play with them was, was really trippy. Have any of the bands that you've featured on there reached out to you? Like, hey, you know, thanks for putting this up. It brings back memories and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that, that happens pretty frequently. Uh, or I mean, it did when um, when uh, when I kind of first started this thing. Um, I think, re- yeah, and recently, I guess most recently, is that there was this uh, band um, uh, called OBS that had been around since the uh, late '80s that had just recently put out. Uh, Put an album, new album out on, on Bandcamp, and, uh, and then they just recently got onto uh, got onto Instagram. I found out about that, and then like you know just uh, reposted something I think or tagged them or whatever, and and they reached out and were were really stoked that I had uh, had featured them. But uh, they're they're uh, they're legends, and and uh, so it was only right for me to do that. Had to. So before this whole you know pandemic that we're going through right now. Uh, were you still going to punk shows? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I had uh, when I had started this uh, this project, I you know, decided that I well, I, I hadn't. I kind of slowed down on going to gigs. Um, um, I mean, like really, kind of being involved locally in the San Gabriel Valley scene, I would still go to uh, go to punk shows, but not uh, you know, not not any like backyard gigs or um, very few shows with with you know bands that that I um, was uh, was familiar with back when I was when I was heavily heavily involved with the scene. I mean there there was like the odd chocolate show or uh, this uh, or, or like a crud show here and there, but I wasn't really I hadn't really make made it a point to kind of um, you know, get back into the scene. So I figured, you know, if if I'm kind of doing something that is, is very focused on the San Diego Valley scene, like I I don't want to become this fucking culture vulture. Uh, I, you know, want to at least know what's going on, go to shows, and kind of get involved. And then, well, and then that also kind of coincided with with uh, uh, my band um, getting its shit together enough to to play shows. Uh, we had uh, played about three or four shows, and kind of had, had uh, worked off the rust, and, and we're doing all right. And, you know, in various stages of like writing more songs and stuff, and then you know, COVID hit, and uh, I mean, there's still bands and gigs that are uh, that are that are happening. Um, you know, bands are still getting the bands are now getting together and practicing and stuff like that. But I'm just I'm way too nervous about this stuff. So um, you know, I you know, I, I don't want to uh, really go to any any like backyard shows until uh, or really any shows at all until until uh stuff settles down or whatever yeah i mean it sucks it's like everyone's life is on hold at the moment because of this but i mean you gotta do what you gotta do to you know take precautions and stay alive hopefully and you know we'll, we'll be out of this pretty soon oh i mean that and i just like i don't want to be responsible for anyone getting sick either yeah that's true that's true you got to wonder, like, what venue will actually start having shows and, and, you know, they'll have that on them. You know, if someone gets sick or if a whole group of people get sick, it's like, well, you know, you're kind of responsible for that, for hosting it. I don't think anyone wants to take that risk right now. No, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's, you know, when that does happen, you know, when shows start having, I mean, when venues start having shows or whatever, 
you know, there's I'm sure there's going to be waivers or something like that to, to uh, make sure that these venues aren't liable. But still, just knowing that, you know, their actions could have contributed to you know, someone getting sick. That's, you know, a uh, uh, waiver or not, that's just not something that I, I, I personally want on my conscience. So you're an old head like me. Have you seen a difference in the type of crowd, like when you go to shows now, like as far as like uh, the way people react or the, some things that aren't accept, acceptable anymore that were back then? Um, well, I mean, there's, there's one thing that I think is, is, uh, is really different. It's, uh, the scene seems to be a lot more inclusive. Not that it wasn't before. I mean, there's, uh, um, you know, very multi-ethnic, and, and, you know, just from, from what I know had been from the very start. Um, and uh, because, you know, the San Gabriel Valley, like, and, you know, it was, I knew of tons of bands, not just the one that was that I was in, but like, you know, when it was, uh, uh, bands themselves were, were multi-ethnic. And, but I guess in, well, so back when, like when I first started going to gigs, it, it was uh, something I had seen a few times and, and kind of had, uh, um, I guess, kind of been, uh, had seen again when when I started to get submissions um, of, of flyers were you know flyers that had uh, either uh, no flags or no homos on it you know right along with no snappers and no jocks and like that you know it's fucked up that that was something that was acceptable to put on a flyer back then you know nowadays of course that shit wouldn't fly thankfully um, but. Far as, as far as anything else goes, like it's it's really cool to kind of see that uh, that you know things are largely largely the same. I mean, there there's had, had been periods where you know I guess for a while in, in the SGV scene it was uh, uh, you know had gotten a little crusty for a while, um, but uh, you know that uh, there's a place for that and. and uh, uh, eventually, you know, there were there was like other little kind of satellite teams that had, had uh, sprouted up, and um, but then you know there'd be a there'd, there'd be a mix of uh, you know crusty bands playing with uh, like uh, street punk bands or um, stuff like that. So it's 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 really cool that that uh, there's been a lot of things in the Tangelo Valley scene over the years that have have been consistent like uh you know the backyard scene has been um has as far as i can tell has been thriving for you know for decades now um the only thing you know but there's then there's like changes where there's you know different crops of venues that pop up that's that's kind of i mean i guess that's you know with with punk rock or whatever that's kind of the uh, there's always a turnaround in venues, and you know, there aren't any that'll probably last for more than more than a couple of years or whatever. But uh, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've I've noticed since I have kind of um, gotten back into the scene. All right, and uh, so getting to the list of uh, songs that you sent me that we included on there. So we have the Elvis Disciples, LSS. One Down, The Nipples, The Padded Cell, Undecided, Dyslexics, Crud, Running Late, The Goons, and The Nickel Teens. Out of all of these, I had only heard of, uh, I have an actual Padded Cell 7-inch from back in the 90s. Oh, right on. Uh, 
uh, crud I've heard of them because I have friends that knew them and then the nicotines uh, I've also I have actually friends that have played in that band off and on throughout the year right on but uh, as far as the other bands that I mentioned, is there anything special that you want to tell us from any of those or, or people that you know involved that you still know from that scene? Uh, oh, well, the, the second band, uh, that, that was actually, that's my band, uh, LDS. And uh, uh, we're all, um, I, we, we're all kind of close. I mean, we're relatively close with a lot of people that were, uh, that were in bands that we, um, that we played with um, pretty often back then. Um, one of my one of my best friends was uh, uh, was in uh, uh, Running Late, and uh, I had known him since like elementary school. Uh, we're we're still really good friends. So I'm, I'm still tight with them. And then through social media, I've, I've you know it's been easier to kind of uh, keep in contact with a lot of people from uh, from some of these other bands because. For a while, that was kind of just the uh, the social circle that I was a part of as well. I mean, we were playing tons of gigs, and uh, you know, then we you know become buddies with uh, with Crud or uh, you know, one, a couple of the dudes from One Down or uh, let's see, still we're still friends with uh, with a couple of the dudes that were in uh, Undecided. Uh, yeah, so it, it's um, yeah, so there, there are quite a few of those those uh, people in those bands that I'm still uh, still in contact with, which is which is really cool. It's it's uh, I didn't end up going to college until kind of uh, till a lot later, so uh, the I guess the people that I know from from these bands uh, is uh, I guess kind of a lot like you know friends that uh, that uh, other people would have had, like made in college or whatever. In their in their late teens and, and early twenties. Well, it sounds like it's still a tight knit, tight knit community over there, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, I guess having uh, putting those snappers together is, is also put me in in contact a lot more with uh, with people from from bands that uh, that I played with back then. All right, so um, is there anything you want to plug, or where can people find you? Uh, let's see. Um, well, so the Instagram is. Uh, no snappers.fgv and uh, my own uh, my own stuff is at uh, Eric E R I C D Valdez at uh, well at Instagram. I was about to give my email address, but uh, that's not even my email address. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, Instagram it's uh, uh, Eric D Valdez. Uh, that's Eric with a C. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much where all, all my stuff is at. All right, and I'll be linking everything on the Instagram and the Facebook page, so if people want to go look for him, and you know, I urge you to join because he posts flyers from back in the days, and you see all these band names, and you know, you could just go down the rabbit hole and discover for yourself. You know, you still have a lot of stuff coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm lucky that uh, you know, a lot of people keep uh, sending stuff in. Uh, there's one thing I want to mention though. There there is one band that uh, <clears throat> excuse me that I really wish I could have. Uh, um, that I wish could be on that list because they really deserve to be. Like if 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 I think of um, pop punk, mm-hmm. uh, especially like Ramones core pop punk mm-hmm. from the the time that I was most involved in in the scene, it's got to be Regal Beagle. Oh well, I know those guys personally. Yeah, and and like I I don't have 
any of their their stuff from like their their split seven inch with Galactic B. I don't have I don't have that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also had a uh, a track that was on this um, kind of Alhambra focused uh, compilation mm-hmm. that came out in like '98. Okay. I, I used to have tracks for that. I don't have it. So like Regal Beagle is a huge, huge, huge omission on this list. Yeah, and the reason I didn't include them was because I put them on past episodes, but I wanted to discover more bands. But for sure, I'm, I'll include one of their songs on here. I'm sure uh, people have heard them before on my on my podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there, there's of course they've been been on your podcast, but like I'm just like in terms of what was going on uh, in in the San Gabriel Valley during this uh, this you know this this '96 uh, through 2000 period that I. I focused on with this playlist, like, they were, were, like, them and the Nicotines were, like, the two kind of most lookout record influenced bands in, in the scene. And, 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 like, some of Crud stuff to a certain extent, um, but, like, yeah, fucking, uh, Regal be over the shit. Yeah, and I, I, I don't Still know. Are. I don't know if I've told this before on my podcast, but actually Regal Beagle was one of the big reasons why I started this podcast and putting on shows because, uh, like I told you, when I was growing up in the you know east side of the San Fernando Valley, nobody was into this type of music. You know, everybody was into the harder stuff like hardcore and uh, you know grindcore and like death metal. Mm-hmm. So for me to listen to this stuff, it's like I was practically the only one, one of the only ones. And um, I remember you know growing up you know whatever i listened to it i dug deep into it and that's what i've been listening to ever since but then i stopped like in the mid 2000s just because everything started sounding the same and some of the older bands stopped playing or they just switched like their total sound and then i went to go see uh the queers once and uh regal beagle Mm -hmm. actually opened for them at the uh what was it safari sams and uh and that was the first time i ever actually knew that there was a pop punk band in LA area because I had never heard of it and I had never met any. And so I, I spoke to the guys that day and like, you know, I was like, yeah, I got to do something. So that's why I actually started putting on shows and like, uh, this podcast is thanks to Regal Beagle and, uh, you know, some of the other bands too, but mainly Regal Beagle. Cause, uh, they, they like ignited that spark in me, you know, to start it up. So props to them. But, uh, yeah, man, they, they, they've been, they've been flying that, uh, uh, that, that lookout record style flag for, for fucking ever. I think the, the let's see the first time the first time I heard Ace Suburbia wasn't the the any of the uh, Screeching Weasel versions. It was them covering it. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, they ha- I believe they have a an album that they never released. It's actually recorded, but uh, I, I, I've never tried to ask them for it because you know if they want to release it, they'll they'll release it when they're ready. But. It's time to have that conversation now, guys. <laughs> oh wow! I, I uh, the only one of those dudes. I, mean, I think I, I follow their their first basis. I think we follow each other on Instagram, but uh, I also follow follow their their basis after them uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll and on Facebook as well. Maybe I'll I'll holler at that guy. And uh, I'm, now I'm curious to hear it. I, I you know yeah. dug all of the other stuff of, of theirs that I've that I've ever heard. Yeah, I'll pass the word to them to uh, hit you up uh, if they have any of the old demos ready. Yeah, that would be awesome because uh, like I'm, I'm sorely lacking uh, that stuff. Like, I, I, you know, if I can't get a hold of their uh, split 7-inch from, like, 90, 96, I believe, if I can't get a hold of that, I would le- at least, like, a, you know, hear the uh, 
if it's digitized, here here are the tracks. And uh, and I, you know, I used to have this this uh, compilation called uh, Snapshot that had a bunch of uh, bands, mostly from like the Alhambra area. They were on there, and uh, the track that was on that on that comp was, was great too. That that band was awesome. Cool. All right, Eric. Well, uh, thank you once again for uh, hosting the podcast episode. And uh, no, thanks for having me, Foster. No, for sure. Everybody, sure. follow him. Everybody, go check him out. And uh, you know, maybe in the future, we'll hear from you more. We'll have you host another episode after you've got some more stuff in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm getting uh, getting stuff in. Uh, you know, fortunately, pretty regularly. So yeah, I'd, I'd be lucky. I'd love to. Uh, thanks for having me. Hoping that you'll be here soon All alone in my room Oh yeah I'm counting down the hours till I had you all to myself As the night blew by chills Oh yeah I try to speak but you just go and walk away Walk away, walk away, walk away.